You're listening to SSDN's Green Mind Podcast. I'm Laurel, your co-host of the Green Mind Podcast, along with Catherine Mercer-Baggett. And today I am going to be featuring conversations with four different municipalities in the SSDN network about the Sustainability Office organizational structures across multiple cities. We're going to start off with Miami-Dade County, Florida, as I talk to Susanna Troner about her large staff in the Office of Resilience, including 19 full-time employees. Then we're going to head to a mid-sized city and mid-sized staff with Winston-Salem, as I speak with Helen Poplowski, and then over to Boone, North Carolina, with George Santucci with a staff of one, and then over to Boynton Beach, Florida, as I speak with Rebecca Harvey, who is the one who initiated this conversation when she reached out to multiple cities in the SSTN network for an example of their organizational structures as they look to grow their organization she put together, including all that she's researched. And we're going to follow up after these four conversations with common themes amongst all these cities in the SSDN network. So first, let's kick off with Miami-Dade, Florida with Susanna Troner here on the SSDN Green Minds podcast. You're listening to SSDN's Green Minds podcast. Good afternoon. I'm Laurel Creech with you from Nashville, Tennessee, and my special guest today is Susanna Troner. She is the Resilience Coordinator 2 position in Miami-Dade County. How's it going, Susanna? Pretty well, thank you. Good. Well, thanks for being with me Um, today uh, on this podcast. We are featuring different sustainability organizational structures in city governments in SSDN. And thanks to Heather from Boynton Beach, Florida, she had put together some great research on on cities in SSDN and what their staffing looks like. And I was quite impressed with Miami-Dade County, Florida, and the setup with the amount of staff um, that you all have, and was very interested in speaking to you, Susanna, about how you all got there, and uh, and overall with 19 positions. That's a a lot. I think that's probably one of the, if not the biggest staffing that we have in SSDN. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I do know that some um, some offices outside of the Southeast, they do have uh, very, you know, even larger offices, but I, I think you're right. We, we have probably the largest, most are just sometimes one or just one or two people trying to do it all, unfortunately. And now Susanna, you've been in Miami-Dade County now for, did you say 30 years? Yep. Been in, uh, we have a very large um, county government of over 25,000. So we have a very large jurisdiction. So it's allowed me to kind of, I've moved into different positions in different departments, um, but I've stayed in the county. So it's kind of like staying with the same company, but moving around quite a bit. And you were, if I understand correctly, you're the first sustainability related position in Miami-Dade County uh, back in, I guess, about almost 15 years ago. Yep, in 2007, a position was uh, created for the office. Um, And I was pulled out of, I was actually in our budget office at the time, and I was tapped to um, head up um, a special initiative. And the office grew from from there. That initiative was called the Chicago 
climate exchange, and it was essentially a carbon credits trading program um, because the actually Miami-Dade, even though we're behind in many things, we were actually kind of on the cutting edge for that and, and participated in that program for many years until it ended. And your position title, which uh, I, ju- I just mentioned, the Resilience Coordinator too, tell me a little bit about um, what you do in your current role and then a little bit about how that, how that title doesn't necessarily exactly match what you do, which is so true of a lot of, a lot of sustainability uh, professionals in city governments. Yeah. Well, our office, when it first started, it was called the Office of Sustainability. Um, it was changed to the Office of Resilience a couple of years ago when we got a, uh, a grant um, from the Rockefeller Foundation for mm-hmm. the 100 resilient cities. So they, they changed the name of it so that um, so that our grant proposal would be more attractive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it worked a little because we got the grant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, the, the position title, um, I guess it, I, I guess I, I don't tend to use it very much because I think regular people don't really understand what is resilience. And I personally prefer sustainability. I think it's more comprehensive, but, um, so I kind of have a, we're allowed to have a, create our own titles within reason, um, and use that in our correspondence. And so I don't typically go by the resilience coordinator too, but that is the technically the, the position title. Um, and what I work on is, whatever I'm asked to work on, but um, the team that I, when our office started to grow, um, I was much more of a, a generalist at the time. I still feel that I am that way, but I, I asked to join a team which focuses on mitigation, which is reducing um, greenhouse gas emissions. And so I typically focus on energy efficiency, um, alternative energy, alternative fuels, that kind of work. And we have a sustainable buildings program where the county um, facilities are required to design to a lead silver standard. So um, that's part of the work. Um, it focuses both on community programs uh, or you know community projects, as well as trying to work within our own operations to um, do things more sustainably. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susanna, you know, thinking about the, that's really interesting that the resilience office started based on a grant from a private entity, which, which many cities, um, across the United States, I think there were over 20 cities that got that grant and some cities did exactly that. And some cities tried to do that and were not successful, but obviously with Miami-Dade County, um, being in, in jeopardy uh, from sea level rise. And I, I would assume that that stuck. And that's one of the reasons why that office of resilience is, um, you know, the main name that houses everything related to sustainability. But like you said, it's, it's your work sort of aligns more with sustainability than it does resilience. Yeah. I mean, our, our office had been in had been in the Office of Sustainability for quite a long time and had grown, you know, even without that grant, our, we had increased positions, obviously, I'm, I'm not, we went from one to 19. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we were, we were really, we went from one to 10, more or less, um, you know, without 
having the name change, but, um, but then we changed our name. And also I think because we live in the Southeast, I think somehow the word resilience is mm-hmm. more, especially in Florida, it's more aligned with, um, with the politics of our region um, and resilience is kind of a more neutral term perhaps to some people um, where it's, it's perceived to be aligned with more um, responding um, to climate change rather than um, trying to prevent it from getting worse. So I think that has some kind of, there's some kind of political underpinnings to the name change. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, you know, in our office, our philosophy is it doesn't really matter what we're called because we're doing the same work. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> That may, yeah, that makes sense. And that's sort of probably true in other cities as well. Now, um, I'm going to read the, the categories of the positions. Um, so with 19, you've got a chief resilience officer, deputy resilience officer, chief heat officer, assistant to the chief heat officer, chief bay officer, assistant to the chief bay officer, director for resilience planning and implementation, office manager, four mitigation staff, three adaptation staff, and four communications staff. So Susanna, can you talk a little bit about the growth? So you did mention, obviously, the the, uh, Rockefeller funding, which funded the resilience officer, but um, thinking about all these positions that were added over time, how did that happen? Was that a need and then operating budget allocation or went after grants? How did it grow? Yeah. So we've had um, expansions and contractions both. So I just, that's how it is. And I'm not, I mean, guessing that's how it is in other Mm -hmm. um, governments as well. But um, like I said, it started with me just managing essentially two projects. Um, And then um, I actually came from an environmental regulatory background. And so I didn't really have any, you know, sustainability wasn't like a, a word then <laughs> too, too much. It was just starting. Um, and so they, um, we hired another person who was the manager of our office. So it was just the two of us for a while. Um, he had a lot more, I would say, sustainability expertise. Um, and then um, I can't remember after that. Um, a lot of the, the growth has been due to kind of political things like, um, or, you know, people um, like one, one time, one of the, we got a few positions because there was somebody in the mayor's office who we had, um, we had the community had voted in a new mayor and this high level person was in the mayor's, the old mayor's office and didn't want to stay there with the new mayor. So she created a position for herself um, down in our office. And so sometimes things like that happen. Um, sometimes we get contributions, we get staff that are contributed to our office. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like I was actually cut once from the office because we had, um, we did have some growth during the first EECBG, which is the, what is it? The environmental, uh, energy Energy. efficiency. Yes. Conservation block grant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always forget. So that grant, we were able to expand 
then after the grant, um, some people got cut. I was one of the people that was cut. Um, and I, and then I was later invited to apply for another position and I'm, that's why I'm back in the office. But, um, you know, it's just kind of an up and down thing. Um, right now we've had six positions, or sorry, yeah, six positions added to our office. Recently in the past two, well, one of them was added in the, two years ago. Um, again, it was because somebody was moving down from the old mayor's office into our office. Um, and then five, uh, sorry, yeah, five other positions, uh, the, the bay officer and her assistant, the heat officer and her assistant, and the director for the resilience planning and implementation. Those were all created by our mayor and put into our office um, because they didn't really know what she wanted to have those positions and she didn't really know, you know what other department or office could house them. And it was decided that our office was the best to house them. So they, it's, it's, it's still, we're still trying to figure out the dynamics because sometimes there's, there is overlap with what we've already been doing. And mm -hmm. sometimes they're doing something a little bit new um, and they operate those three positions, the chief heat officer, the chief bay officer, and the director for resilience planning. They operate very independently. They're not on one of our teams. They're like a team unto themselves. So um, the coordination has been a little bit difficult and we're still, still working it out. And that you said chief bay officer, I don't think, uh, can you explain what that is? A bay, um, bay, is that a separate area so, of Miami-Dade? County? Um, no, it's that um, we have a, a big bay called Biscayne Bay. Uh -huh. um, and, um, there, it's a huge area. It covers almost the entire eastern um, coast of the of the county. And um, I just think they were trying to model it on, you know, other communities. Like there's a Chesapeake Bay, you know, position. I don't know what they call it exactly, but, you know, there are positions in other parts of the country where there is one person who's kind of trying to um, coordinate among all of the agencies um, and all of the stakeholders for this particular resource, because it's a huge resource for us. It's a, a, a wonderful recreational um, amenity. It has, um, is keeping a lot of our, you know, it's, it's critical to to keep it um, clean and as unpolluted as possible. Um, it helps pro provide, um, uh, when there's a storm or a hurricane, it helps provide the mangroves along the, the bay, help to provide protection to the community. So it's, it's a really important resource, but it's being degraded over time. And so I think the idea behind that position was just to try to get one person to coordinate, because there's, we have, I think 34 different municipalities within the jurisdiction of Miami-Dade County. Some of them are, you know, have property along the bay. We have property along the bay. We're all using the bay. And the, I guess the mayor just felt, I haven't talked with her about it, but I think she just felt that there needed to be some kind of higher level coordinator um, trying to push for things. And um, until that time, most of the work 
on the Bay was more focused on regulatory aspects and her position is not regulatory. It's more advocacy and kind of political maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, Susanna, the office of resilience, is that an office within the mayor's office or is it considered its own quote unquote department? Yeah. It's interesting. We're on, I think we're on two TOs. <laughs> so we are on the mayor's TO. Which what is, is TO? Table. Sorry, it's table of organization. Okay. Because my, uh, our, our chief, who's the chief resilience officer, he, he is a direct report to the mayor. But on the other hand, um, the mayor's office has, gets only a limited amount of funding from um, you know, from our, from our budget process. And so somebody else has to pay for our position. So traditionally we have um, received most of our, our funding for our positions through um, a department called the Department of Environmental Resources Management. So for example, um, they, um, have regu- reg- different regulatory programs for air quality. And so those of us who are working on um, greenhouse gas emissions reduction, we get funding from that program. So it's, it's all kind of a, um, I don't know, shuffling around to try to find funding. And, and so that, that particular department, it's, it's now a division called the Division of Environmental Resources Management they provide a lot of funding for our, for our positions. And so we are somehow on their TO as well. So it's, you know, what's on paper. (laughs) I don't know. That's just how it works. So, so we have a direct report to the mayor's office. We're working with her and her staff all of the time. Um, But, um, and we don't really in the day-to-day don't have that many interactions with the Division of Environmental Resources Management, but they handle all of our administrative stuff, our payroll and and stuff like that. So um, that, I don't know if, but it seems to be a creative solution that's working for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said your mayor's relatively new. When did she take office? Yeah, she came on board about, I think a year ago, I think. I, I should know. Seems but I think it was a year, either a year ago or two years ago. And she's really the most um, of all mayors. She's just incredible in terms of her support for um, sustainability and resilience. She's, mm-hmm. you know, out there paddling in the Everglades whenever she gets a chance. And she's, she just really invested in, in trying to improve our situation here. So, um, so it's, it's been really a, uh, I knew when I went when um, I went into the voting booth to vote for her. I knew it would be um, great, and then I also knew that I would have uh, a lot more work, <laughs> and we do. <laughs> I mean, I was already working really hard, <laughs> and now it's just it's uh, a crushing load. But you know, I, we all I think we feel like we have to you know race to get things done in the time that we have with the support that we have. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, and um, to some extent, you're very fortunate to have a mayor so committed to it. And um, oh, yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. something that is is special, and I think it's becoming more and more common in the SSDN network than it had been in the past. Yeah, it's it's just really really helpful because we try to push departments. We don't have authority over other departments. Um, we just try to push them to do the right thing. But now we can call, and sometimes we don't even call. It's the mayor's office who's calling them and saying. Why didn't you do this? <laughs> you know, why aren't you, why aren't you looking at solar for this facility? Yeah. So it's just it's incredible. Well, that's that's fantastic. Well, Susanna, I know you're very busy, so I will let you go. But thank you so much for being here as a guest on the SSDN podcast and for all the work you've been doing now, 30 years in county government and 15 years and in sustainability and the first person in Miami-Dade County now, a staff of 19. So keep up the great work. You're listening to SSDN Green Minds Podcast as we talk to different cities in the SSDN network about their organizational structures for sustainability staffing. And that was Susanna Turner with Miami-Dade County, Florida. Now we're going to head over to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, as I speak with Helen Paplowski here on the SSDN Green Minds Podcast. You're listening to the SSDN Green Minds Podcast. I'm Laurel here with you, and I am excited to have a special guest with me, Helen Paplowski with the City of Winston-Salem, as we continue our conversation about sustainability organizational structures in city governments in SSDN. And how's it going, Helen? Good. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Good. Uh, well, if you can just give a little bit of an overview about what your population size is of Winston-Salem and uh, what your position is in city government. Sure. Yeah. So the city of Winston-Salem is right around 250,000 population. And I am the director of sustainability for the city in the office of sustainability. Great. It sounds like you've been uh, in in city of Winston-Salem since 2016, but in this role since 2018. So that's uh, almost four years. Yeah. Coming up on four years this fall uh, does not feel like it. Uh, sometimes it seems like way, way more. Sometimes it seems a little less depending on, you know, the workload of the, of the week. <laughs> Now, how did you, were you the first person to have a sustainability role in the city government? So I, I was not, um, just for a little bit of our, I guess, if you want to call it historical context for our office, our office actually started in 2010, thanks to those block grant funds from the Obama administration. So 2010 is when we got our first sustainability manager um, he actually is Wendell Hardin. He was one of the original members, I think, of SSDN. So um, we've we've had that membership for a while, luckily. But he was the first one, um, and we had an energy manager who actually had already been working um, in another department, um, property and facilities management. And so they sort of formed our first office of sustainability. We were part of that property and facilities management group for a number of years. And then when I first started in 2016, I um, filled out a third sustainability position there and still in that little um, office. So, um, yeah, that that was the the sort of first iteration of um, our office and our work and the, the first few folks who were there. 
And you're housed in the city manager's office. So can you explain that setup? Yeah. So, um, you know, just following right along with that timeline in 2018, um, the director of operations at the time, he, he decided to pull out our little office and make it its own department, which was huge uh, for us, you know, both in terms of increasing our workload and and our responsibilities, but also increasing the visibility of our work. um, Because in doing that, he also gave us the oversight of the recycling program um, and our Keep America Beautiful affiliate program as well. And that's when I I became that um, first department head, really, because we were our own department then. So, yeah, that, that's the, the pathway we sort of took to that. Um, and we still report to that person. He's now the, an assistant city manager. Um, so that's, so we're our own department, but, um, you know, gave us a, a few more, little, a little bit more of a leg to stand on there, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And with that, so right now you've got five positions. You've got you, the director of sustainability, then energy analyst, Food Resilience Program Manager, Recycling Keep America Beautiful affiliate, and an intern. Um, can you talk about the growth from uh, from a one person moving up to these positions and why those positions were specifically selected? Yeah, and and so just just actually a little bit of um, an update. So so there's not an intern, an official intern position. That was a position that sort of comes and goes Mm -hmm. as we have some like a project available. So really that that program, uh, the Keep Winston-Salem Beautiful coordinator is one position and the recycling coordinator is an are are two separate positions. Okay. So the the those five though um, are all very specific positions. They all work on um their own in their own little worlds almost so this happened just because we were sort of thrown together as a department with folks who had been doing their jobs i mean for for decades uh and so you know there and there wasn't much change to those jobs so you know the recycling coordinator just kept doing his same work uh the keep winston salem beautiful coordinator same thing um, it was just a different reporting structure for them. So um, that's how those positions sort of maintained their work and, and why they are designated the way that they are. The energy manager, like I said, was one of the original roles in the Office of Sustainability. So um, there wasn't really any change at all to his work either, um, you know, at least in terms of of the type of work he was doing. I think it scaled up a little bit more. And then the food resilience program manager was actually the most recent addition to our office um, happening only last November. So November of 2021. Um, And, you know, that was, it it was a unique position. It was created um, out of sort of a, um, a campaign that our mayor started around hunger and awareness of of food insecurity locally. Um, And the position really bounced around from department to department for a few years until our assistant city manager, the same one who made us our own department, um, started recognizing a lot of the overlap that our work had in our office with some of the um, 
newer projects that that food resilience program manager was was coming across in in her work. And so um, again, just, you know, the nature of how these positions all got started was all around very specific topics or very specific projects and um, are just sort of remain that way. And um, it's, it's just interesting because I feel like our, our department has grown in a very unorthodox way, really just of adding more folks who already exist rather than creating new positions based off of a need of, you know, me or our energy manager or something like that. And do you envision, how is that going to be sustained? Do you think that that's reasonable? There's enough work specifically around these arenas to keep these individuals busy. And then when the need arises, you'll be able to hire specifically for that need. Yeah. So um, at this point, I mean, there's definitely enough work to, to keep each of us busy with these very specific topics. Um, at this point, you know, the, the food position has existed for almost four years as well. And, um, you know, has been put in charge of several um, initiatives locally that, um, you know, really need that, that specific leadership and that, that dedicated person working on that. Um, there's no way that I would be able to, to hand, to take on that work myself really without somebody dedicated to it. Um, it, I think that it has helped, I think me in my role, just be able to keep some of what could fall under my purview off my plate and allow me to, to continue to participate, um, in some of the work that I've just been doing since I started. So I, I do appreciate that um, a lot. It's, it's been so, so helpful. But yeah, I think it, it does make it interesting when you look to the future and the growth of our office, because um, like I said, you know, our office hasn't grown because I have needed assistance and asked for it. It's really just more of somebody seeing overlap in, in um, what I do with another position and adding it to um, our department. So, I mean, I, I think that there, I'm hoping that that sort of has slowed or stopped for, for a few years now. Um, but I definitely see, you know, there's, there's potential for a couple different types of growth here, um, in terms of new positions. I think that I could definitely see there being a justification for, you know, a, a new sustainability analyst role, um, to take, further, some further projects off my plate, our energy manager, and, you know, act as another sort of what I think we've come to understand as a classic sustainability position. Uh, I could definitely see that being useful. Um, I, I think that there's definitely some room as well for some growth in that food resilience work, depending on, you know, sort of the path that that work ends up taking. Um, and, and how big of a scale we want to go with it, I guess. So um, again, ho hopefully that's not any, any time in the near future that we scale up that quickly. But yeah, I, I think that there are, there are some more opportunities for us to experience maybe some more organic growth in our work and in our office that we haven't um, before. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested though to, to sort of see what the natural current uh, takes us. 
And if a need is identified and, and requires additional staff person, do you have to uh, request that in your operating budget uh, when the timing is, is appropriate? Yeah, yeah. So that that would be the, the classic budget season request. We're sort of in the middle of it right now, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so luckily, that's sort of front of mind. And we, we had been thinking about it. But um, again, you know, since that that new role was just added only last year, we're still um, adjusting to having that person in our office and having oversight of some of those those projects that we didn't before. So but yeah, that that would be part of our budget season and asking for, you know, making sure that it's classified correctly, all, all the fun stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the five positions or uh, the five-ish positions that you have, are those all funded through operating budget or any of them grant funded? No, they are all funded through the operating budget. Um, I will say that the food resilience position was originally grant funded. Um, Actually, my original position was also initially grant funded in the office, but um, we were we were lucky enough that both of those positions uh, became too important to our organization to, to let go. And so we were able to or someone was able to. It wasn't me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Someone was able to work those into the operating budgets um, after you know, the grant funding was set to end and, and since have become the, the permanent positions. And do you feel that being housed in the city manager's office has allowed you the quote unquote resiliency to administration changes from the leadership level? Uh, absolutely. I think that it is invaluable to have sort of a that access to our, our management team um, in the city. So, you know, as a department head, you know, we're already included in, in those um, conversations, you know, that seem to happen among management, just, you know, with big decisions being made. Um, it just gives us a little bit more access to sharing our, our thoughts or updates or, you know, information um, directly to those who can make some of these bigger decisions too. So I would say that um, just, you know, not having to go through so many levels of, of folks to get to, you know, that decision maker is, is truly um, so, so important, which again, we've, I've been able to see how it's affected our work because we were buried in another department for so long um, and then, and then brought out and made to be our own department. So I've really seen both sides of that coin and, and can really attest to how, important it is to, you know, be able to have that line of communication open. I mean, it's just really increased to the understanding around the work that our office does. I think that for so long, people thought it was just EVs and just energy use. You know, I mean, again, the classic stuff, but, um, you know, it's also, it, it helps that um, the federal administration and um, the state of North Carolina are and, and many other states as well are, are sort of taking um, more of an interest in this work and, and funding it more and stuff like that. So it's also more front of mind, of course, right now, but um, you know, they know where to send that information or send those requests now, which they didn't before. So I'll take it. <laughs> so if you had, um, let's say the, um, you had the opportunity to ask for another FTE, 
what would you, what would that role be? At this point, I do think that the next full-time position I would ask for is, is that sustainability analyst role? Um, you know, as, as my direct reports, the number of direct reports I have has grown, um, it's really put a, a time constraint on what I'm able to spend my time working on. Um, and, you know, it just seems to become a little bit more hectic every day. And I, I would love to be able to, to um, you know, send some of this, this work to uh, another person to, to get another set of eyes on, to have them sort of, again, take some of this stuff off my plate maybe work a little bit more closely with the energy manager as well. Um, my time is, is getting spread thin uh, between some of these, these issues. I mean, you know, things like a recycling program are a huge time demands really. And um, I, I do find that sometimes it's, it's tough to sort of just get a dedicated couple of hours to your own work. So um, yeah, I, I would definitely say a sustainability analyst or project manager. And are you the, if uh, as federal funding opportunities come about, would you be the primary person that would be helping write the grants and, and then eventually executing the grant allocation? Yeah, right now I would be. And I'm, that, that would be just another great thing to be able to give to somebody else to focus on. Um, Cause you know, there's a lot of demands locally and with, within our own government right now that, you know, when, when you're getting requests and demands on all sides, you just sort of start spinning around in circles and don't know which way is up for a second. So yeah, that, that would be something else I would love to, to get off my plate. But currently, yes, that, that is also um, something under, under my scope of work. Great. And Helen, where, if folks want to learn more about the work that you do in Winston-Salem, what's the best website to share with them? Yeah, so I would send them to our city's website, the cityofws.org backslash sustainability should, should get you there on our pages. And all the programs I've mentioned are, are listed there. So you can find out more about our recycling or Keep Winston-Salem Beautiful, the food resilience work, which is under the, the title of Think Orange. It's, it's all there for you. <laughs> Well, excellent. Well, Helen, I know you're extraordinarily busy, so I appreciate you taking some time to be on the SSDM podcast. I applaud you for all the great work you're doing. And um, I know and am confident that your team will continue to grow to meet the developing needs around sustainability and resilience. So keep up the great work. Great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me today about it. You're listening to SSDN's Green Minds Podcast. That was Helen Poplowski with Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Now we're going to head over to Boone, North Carolina, as we speak to a staff of one, George Santucci, here on the SSDN Green Minds Podcast. You're listening to the SSDN Green Minds Podcast, and I'm so excited today to have my guest, from the town of Boone, North Carolina, George Santucci. How are you doing, George? I'm super well, Laurel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being with me today. We uh, have had a great different conversations with many different cities across the SSDN network, ranging in size from staff of 19 to 5, and it sounds like you are a staff of one. 
That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> as the sustainability and special projects manager. And so I'm excited to talk to you today because um, there are others out there that are a staff of one. And I think it's good to hear what other like, like cities and towns are doing um, to accomplish the goals and also planning to staff up. So first, George, if you can give a little bit of an overview about the population size of Boone and also how long you've been uh, working for the town of Boone. Yeah, sure. We're happy to. So our, we are just shy of 20,000 people. We also have a university of 20,000 students. Um, so our population is not a net sum of those two. Um, it's, there's a blending of, of populations. But essentially, by census, we're just under 20,000 uh, people here in the town of Boone. And I have only been here just over a year. Started January 1 of 2021. Uh, this is a brand new position for the town of Boone. When I started, I was the first uh, sustainability and special projects manager here in Boone. I would uh, give a ton of credit to our town manager, John Ward, for creating the position. And it was really born out of the fact that town council had passed some pretty aggressive and robust climate action goals, um, starting with, you know, complete community neutrality in 2050. And then they enhanced that in 2019 and um, up the game and, and put some iterative steps. Uh, and, and so by 2030, the goal was for all municipal operations to be carbon or net neutral. Um, allowing for things like RECs and other offsets to be part of the mix. Then uh, 2040, the intent was for the town to be 100% clean, renewable energy, period, no offsets, and then for municipal operations. And then uh, the still the 2050 community-wide goal stands. Um, so uh, that's a long way to say that John realized that that was a, a heavy lift a lot of work and he needed somebody that was focused and dedicated exclusively on, on those goals. And when, when was that, when was that decided and, and you, you brought on to go ahead and oversee that? Yeah, I think he started realizing it mid 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, 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 and planning for the 20, uh, 2020, 2021 fiscal year um, started budgeting for a position and he had to move some other positions around internally um, in the administration uh, department. And um, again, he brought me on uh, January 1 of 2021. And so I should say I, I'm officially in the admin department. I do report directly to John, the manager. And, um, but it's, uh, it's interesting he, the way he created the position was, even though I'm not, I am a department of one, so to speak, I'm not even really officially a department because I'm, I'm in the administration department, but he treats me and um, has recognized me as a department head um, for, you know, parity with department heads throughout the town. And, and just to clarify, so a city manager, is that an elected position? Do you also have a mayor? No, we have a mayor. He is, he is uh, um, 
He's not elected. He, uh, the city manager is not elected. The town manager is elected. Yes, that's correct. And um, so John's position, you know, he serves at the pleasure of the, of the town council. Um, and they are the ones that would hire hire or fire him. But um, yeah, and then, and then we do have an elected mayor, correct? Okay, great. And so I think that's really important when you do what you said, George, is that when you joined this position that you were considered you are a department head. So you have the high level leadership peers that you can collaborate and work with. And um, I could imagine that if you were not at that level, it would be very difficult to achieve your goals. Yeah, no, absolutely mission critical. Um, you know, I, I, again, I'll give John all the credit in the world to see that that was a, a necessary step um, in the process. Uh, because so that's, that's really ultimately how I'm able to achieve uh, what the town has been able to achieve is that while I'm effectively a staff of one and I have no direct reports, um, I'm on a peer level with every department head. And, and, and as we all know, sustainability transcends and cuts across every single thing that the town does. So um, having these direct meetings on a really regular basis, not quite monthly maybe, but certainly quarterly, if not more frequently, um, with department heads has made you know all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you also partner with uh, external partners to also accomplish goals of the of the town of Boone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the big goal that we are now known for is that we've achieved um, 100% renewable energy for uh, uh, electricity, I should say, for municipal operations, which effectively was part of our 2040 goal. So you could congratulations. Argue that's <laughs> <Thank> you. Congratulations. <laughs> that's worthy <laughs> of noting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And that's, you know, that was, there was no way we'd achieve that if it weren't for uh, the willingness and partnership with our electric electric providing companies. And um, just a little stage set is that while Boone is not a big town, uh, obviously 20,000 people is not a, not a very large town. And um, geographically we're tiny, six square miles. Um, so, but ironically we have two different electric providers uh, that we work with and that serve our community. Uh, one is owned by Appalachian State University, that's New River Light and Power, and the other is Blue Ridge Energies, which is a, a rural electric cooperative and serves about a seven, seven to ten county region around us um, and part of the actual city, uh, our municipal boundaries they, they serve. Um, and so I, further irony is that while New River Light and Power serves the bulk of Boone's geography, Blue Ridge Energy provides the bulk of our electricity because our two largest energy using uh, operations are on the eastern side of town, which is where Blue Ridge Energy uh, serves. So that's our wastewater treatment plant and our um, municipal water intake. So the pumps and everything that are pulling that water from the river and bringing them back to town is by far, seventy-five uh, percent of our energy consumption is in those operations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah, I I do meet again, like my department heads. I don't meet. I, I meet with these energy providers almost monthly. Um, so, the general manager of New Light Power, he and I have 
we do have a standing monthly meeting. We, we're not always, you know, sometimes conflict prevents us from having that meeting, but, you know, we probably meet easily 10, 10 months out of the, 10 times out of the year uh, to, to discuss all kinds of different options. And then um, as well as a counterpart over at Blue Ridge Energies, I meet with him minimally quarterly just to discuss um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And as you have these goals, and it's great that you've outlined uh, the partnerships and communications that you have with these external partners, how do you feel you are with staffing? Are you adequate to proceed and continuing to meet these goals, or do you feel like you need additional staff? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, having been the director of a nonprofit that was an environmental watershed group, I had staff for years, and you know I was there for fifteen years. Um, I'll admit. You know, this has got some bias. Uh, I personally don't enjoy managing people. <laughs> so uh, not having direct reports works for me. Um, it may not work for others. So I don't I don't profess that what I'm what maybe some of the uh, opinions I'm about to express are, are universal in any way, shape, or form. Um, I will also say, uh, and this may be a little controversial in your and I's world. I don't focus a ton on on data, so to speak. So I'm not number crunching on any kind of regular basis. Now, again, our town is small, so I don't, you know, we're not talking about loads of a town the size of Nashville or Charlotte or Orlando. I, I actually couldn't even imagine what it would be like to, to tackle that beast. Um, and something I didn't say is when I, when I was hired, you know, one of the questions he asked me during the interview was, was what attracts me to Boone? And I was like, I can wrap my arms around Boone. I can, I can feel, you know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. it's a, it's a manageable size. I, you know, I, I felt like the impact could happen and it has, it is happening mm-hmm. on, on a pretty quick basis because of, of scale. Um, but so I, I don't know, I do leverage uh, volunteers as well. We do have this wonderful university right here. So I, there are resources beyond physical staffing that, that I can tap into and, and exploit and, and certainly do as, as often as I can. Um, large groups, you know, our, our membership to ICLEI has been critical. You know, they're, they're stepping up and providing us with resources that, that are helpful. Um, so, and, and um, I guess my, my staffing pattern is, is leveraging the resources internally as well. So, you know, we already have, um, and this might be different than other towns. So, so our public works department already had a robust recycling program with a recycling administrator. We had, you know, she, um, we have people that are focused on, on water and, and uh, water consumption reduction. And we had programs where we give out, you know, different different tools for, for homeowners and others to, to reduce water consumption. And then we have, um, you know, we have an Adopt-A-Stream program that's managed by the folks over it. Uh, so we do river cleanups and, and, and things of that nature. And then uh, the tree, you know, our, our tree canopy program is managed duly by, by uh, public works and, and planning. So reinventing those wheels or moving them out of the homes that they're in to a sustainability program in our, for us, don't make sense. Um, so I guess my, 
that's a long answer to your question in that at the moment, I don't see uh, any need to, to increase staffing from a sustainability point of view. Mm-hmm. All right, George, are you looking at applying for federal funding? Do you know yet? Always looking. Um, as I'm sure you experience every day, it's like drinking from a fire hose, the mm-hmm. amount of data and other resources that are thrown at us trying to suggest um, you know, what, what is possible. I, I do, again, meet with our department's heads on a regular basis to, to see if I understand needs, priorities for infrastructure upgrades and other things. Um, uh, from a sustainability point of view, uh, while my budget is not large, we do seem to be able to fund things like um, an, a major expansion of EV charging infrastructure. We are doing a major um, retrofit of all street lights with LED lights. I mean, there's a lot of different of those kinds of things that, that are we're just funding out of out of general funds. Um, so, but but yes, no. I, again, the short answer to your question is we're chasing it. Whether we can ever figure it out or what it's applicable for, that's the biggest question. Yeah. George, you, I think you brought up an important point about management. So certainly when I joined sustainability in the profession, it was not to brush up or gain skills in HR management of staff. Um, right. So, um, uh, and it's probably, probably my, the least favorite thing that I have, I have to do. I, I am fortunate to have a staff of five and growing and I've had to learn those skills, but I would say uh, that I, I would assume, and this might be similar in other cities across um, our profession, is that my my staff is very much a team. I, I don't see it as this um, triangular bureaucratic uh, office per se. I, I definitely see us, even though I'm the supervisor, I, I, I see us learning from each other, sharing information, um, leaning on each other. And it's a much more um, holistic, I think, healthy type situation. And I would envision that probably that would be the case of uh, other sustainability offices that have multiple staff members in our profession. Yeah, I don't doubt that. And again, I think, you know, when when you talk about a town that's hundreds of thousands, if not a million people, that you know the, the workload is far greater in, in those environments than than in a smaller town. So I think I, I, I'm not I'm not certainly not here professing that everybody should fire everybody and go down to a staff of one. Not at all, please. I hope that doesn't come across. Um, it's just what works for us. And I may have a different opinion in a year or two or three. That's that's certainly possible. Um, and, I, and I guess the way I've leveraged it, to your point, is that these department heads are my team. They are mm-hmm. the people that I work with. There's a lot of synergy. I was I met with the police chief yesterday and we talked about. So we're in budget season right now. And so everybody's like, what kind of vehicles should we be looking at? We need we need at least three or four vehicles here or there. And and we know we should be at minimum looking at hybrids. What what's your recommendations? And so I sit down and talk with them about these different options. And I hear their concerns, their problems. It could be anything from potential resale to maintenance issues to, you know, there's all kind, you know, police have, of course, very unique um, police and fire all have unique needs for their vehicles, even public works, obviously. So just hearing them out and, and trying to address 
their concerns and, and finding vehicles that I know have a proven track record in other cities and towns uh, for the same use is, is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And and going back to your your town manager being a champion for this and you being the level of a department head has, has certainly helped uh, solidify those relationships with entities like the police chief, where if you weren't in that role, uh, making a call to, to set up a meeting with them may not be a priority. Correct. No, absolutely. And, um, and I got to give it credit to him. He reached out to me. Well, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, I, it's it's a, it's definitely a mutual respect, and and it does start at the top. It does start with the town manager putting, you know, um, helping uh, department heads see me in that in that light and in that role. And um, uh, you know, it's just um, it's really been. Pl- I, I, I'm tickled to death with with what we've done. I I really enjoy what I do and who I work with. These folks are fabulous. And, um, you know, I think, I think as long as we come at it with a practical approach, like I I don't think any of them, none of them are climate deniers or anything like that. It's just, they have a a department to run and they have to do it in a way that makes sense. And so as long as I don't come with impractical, what they perceive to be impractical ideas, then, then, um, that, that level of respect is maintained and the trust is there. Mm -hmm. Well, George, thank you so much for being our guest here on the SSDN Green Minds podcast and applaud you for all the work that you have accomplished and look forward to hearing more accolades from the town of Boone moving forward. Um, I look forward to doing my best to to, uh, provide y'all with that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate it. You're listening to SSCN Green Minds Podcast. That was a conversation with George Santucci from the town of Boone, North Carolina. Now headed over to Rebecca Harvey with Boynton Beach, Florida, here on the SSDN Green Minds Podcast. You're listening to the SSDN Green Minds Podcast, and I'm so excited to have with me today, Rebecca Harvey from Boynton Beach, Florida. How's it going, Rebecca? It's going great, Laurel. Thanks for talking with me today. Thank you so much. We are really excited to have you here because you initiated the topics for this mm-hmm. podcast for Green Minds. Um, you had sent out a email to the listener for SSDN asking about sustainability, resilience, department growth, and organization throughout the SSDN community and uh, had some really good feedback, it sounds like, and were able to put together um, a whole like memo slash overview of probably nine to 10 different cities. And it was pretty fascinating mm-hmm. all the different structures and staffing numbers of um, different sustainability offices across the network. Yeah. And I quickly realized that a lot of people had the same question that I did. So it was good to be able to share that, to get the great information from so many of the members and also um, be able to send it back out. And a lot of people thank me for it because I know every many, many members are in the same position as I am and thinking about the future of their departments. 
Yes, yes, indeed. And I want to talk about specifically about you and the future of your departments. Um, I think what you, when you listed out the different information that you learn, you also identified some common themes. Um, But first, Rebecca, let's talk a little bit about you and your role at Boynton Beach. So you're the sustainability coordinator. It sounds like that's shifting. So first, tell us about the population size of Boynton Beach and the city of Boynton Beach, and then your role and how long you've been there and how things are transitioning for you. Sure. Yeah. So um, Boynton Beach is the third largest city in Palm Beach County. Um, for some listeners who don't know Florida that well, Palm Beach County is down in Southeast Florida, north of Broward. Um, and our city is 80,300 as of the latest census. And it is a growing city. It grew almost 18% from 2010 to 2020 um, and continues to grow. There's lots of cranes and new development and our planning staff is always very, very busy. Um, And as far as sustainability planning and action started back in 2008, I've only been here with the city since 2017, but the city had been proactive um, starting in 2008 under the leadership of the then assistant city manager Um, as I think a lot of smaller cities do start up that way um, with someone who is passionate about climate and sustainability getting started. Um, So she led the charge for a few years with a staff team, and then they created the sustainability coordination coordinator position. And I was hired in 2017 as the first um, sustainability coordinator. And so that's been four and a half years. Mm-hmm. I, um, for three and a half of that, of those years, I was housed in the utilities department and my position is still under utilities as far as where my salary and operational budget come from. Um, but I was moved just about a year ago into the city manager's office, um, after some, some staff changes and new leadership and, um, I think it's a great change for the position to be elevated and and to be more visible within the city manager's office. Well, that's fantastic. And and the city manager, so is that an elected position or is there a a mayor situation there? It's it's not an elected position. Yes, we have a mayor, but we have a a commission manager form of government. So city Mm -hmm. manager led. And so as you uh, reached out to your peers, um, are you hoping and planning to hire and bring on more staff? Yes. So with the, the shift in bringing me uh, to, the, to the city manager's office, we started discussing at that time, what would the future of this, uh, is it a department? Is it a division? Um, is it an office of sustainability? So we've kind of been talking that through for a few months now. Um, And that was my boss's ask of me was to do some research and get some examples so we can look at those. Um, So we're still not sure exactly what the future of the office is, but I did just last week put in a personnel request for this next fiscal year for another FTE. So, um, Ooh, exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. (laughs) It's like help is on the way. Um, So as of now, in the short term, the plan is to at least double the size of the office, increase to a staff of two, and then um, uh, stay where we are in the city manager's office and 
you know, consider our, we, the city is hiring an equity director soon, for example. So um, we'll look at working with that individual. We also recently hired a grants manager. Um, there's been talk of me working more closely with the engineering department. So there's a lot of kind of options on the table for how, um, how integrated the sustainability program will be with, with other departments. Well, that's really exciting, Rebecca. I'm, um, I'm sure that you're being here now, uh, being in your position now for a while and now moving up into the, um, more of this leadership role and being bringing on staff is going to be a whole new step forward for the work that you're doing, integrating it to the work at Boynton Beach. Yes, um, there's just so much work to do, right? I think probably most of us in this role feel similarly where, you know, I've personally, I don't, I don't think I ever uh, approach this job as a single full-time position. I think I approach it as three full-time positions mm -hmm. because there's just so much to do all the time. And I, I extend myself more than I should. Um, so I'm learning as I go to not do that quite so much um, and focus on the higher, higher impact activities. Um, it's, I'm already kind of planning out what the new sustainability coordinator will do. So my title is shifting to sustainability manager or possibly sustainability and resilience manager to be determined. Mm -hmm. And then the new position will be sustainability coordinator. And can you, can that uh, title be decided by you or is that uh, a group of leaders that have to make that decision? I made the suggestion based on the research um, that I did and some examples that I got some from a couple neighboring cities. Um, and then we, we discussed it a little bit. I think I proposed sustainability program coordinator because my title was sustainability coordinator. I thought that would be confusing, but my bosses um, thought it wanted to change it just to sustainability coordinator and we're changing mine ahead of time. So there, my title change is in process now for in the current fiscal year. So by the time the new person comes along, I will have a different title. So there shouldn't be confusion. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, one of the things you had mentioned about having and wearing many hats um, in, in through my conversations with other cities, one of the hats is, is HR related by managing staff, which uh, back, back in the day of many of us uh, were just a party of one, like, like you, Rebecca, and never probably envisioned that we were going to be having to manage and be a supervisor of staff and all that goes into that. And now, now as we grow, that is a hat, an additional hat that we wear. And um, I'm not sure if through your research, you un, un, um, folded this, but it's been interesting how I feel like the offices of sustainability staff are much more like a team oh, yeah. rather than sup supervisors. Sorry, I lost your audio for um, a couple minutes. I mean, a Oh, okay. Here. No worries. Can you hear me now? But yeah, it's good. okay. Yeah. Um, so Rebecca, I was saying that um, some of the conversations I've had is that now we have to wear the HR hat and mm -hmm. be a supervisor to staff. And with that comes a lot of more responsibilities, but it's um, not so bureaucratic as other offices in a city government might be, because I feel like we're very much team oriented. Very much so. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, I wrote the job description to be very general. And I, I looked at some colleagues in other cities uh, based on the research 
who had um, specified out uh, this coordinator position is focused on resilience versus this person is focused on mitigation or this person is focused on working with businesses or outreach or things like that. But I think that because we all are a smaller city and only planning on going to two FTEs for the moment, um, I didn't want to get that specialized. And so just leaving open the room because things are always changing and there's so many different projects to work on. So, so um, yeah, it, it compared to other departments where I think roles are very defined. Uh, I think this second coordinator position will be similar in scope to myself. And, and then that also leaves me and us the, the um, flexibility to see what that person's specific expertise is and sort of go with that. And over time, that person might focus on a couple of projects uh, more so than others. Um, yeah, sort of an organic process which is fitting for sustainability. Yes, it definitely is. Um, well, speaking of the organic process, when you got all the, the research com combined, were there some common themes that you'd like to share and also some surprises from other cities? Um, I, I think the surprises were a couple cities that I, I didn't look up everyone's population, but just uh, some of the cities weren't huge cities and had quite a number of staff. I think the, the, learn, the thing I learned from it was how much variety there was from um, Tallahassee had quite a few staff. And that Tallahassee, I don't know the population, but it's not a huge city. And then there are some other larger cities like um, Hollywood, Florida, which is our neighbor to the south, is twice the size of Boynton Beach. Um, and nearly the size of Fort Lauderdale and Hollywood has one staff person versus Fort Lauderdale, I think has seven. So it really shows every city and municipality is, is making their own decisions and going at, you know, there's no standard for the growth of the departments, which um, I guess gives us some freedom in a sense. Um, it, it can go both ways. It would be probably nice to have a little more standards, but um, it opens up. It's I, I'm an open-minded person, and I like working with other people uh, to, you know, just look at the possibilities. So that's kind of what we're doing here in the city: is what do we want this position to be? And I think a lot of that is based on uh, who I am as an employee and the history and the work that I've done so far. It gives me the freedom to to. Uh, kind of choose based on what's important to the city, but also what um, is important to me to keep working on. Yeah. And um, you had mentioned about job descriptions and I really do value when other SSDN member cities share job descriptions. I often download them and save them and go back to them when I'm writing um, job descriptions for future positions as well. That's been a extremely valuable asset. That was very helpful. I did, and I noticed that some of them were similar. Um, uh, yeah, a couple of the ones I was looking at had almost the same language in them. So it was comforting to think maybe they, they've also shared and copied some of the standard language from each other and confirmed for me that, uh, that I was using the right language and mm -hmm. asking for the right skills and so forth. 
Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, so you've asked for additional funding for an FTE. And so that will be an operating budget request. Yes. And we then, have a personnel yeah. budget. It's under the personnel. Yes, we're we're similar here in Nashville. And then um, potentially, would or you also? It sounds like you're bringing on a grants person looking at potential federal funding opportunities too, perhaps. Yes, we've we've already started. Our grants manager started um, probably three months or so ago, and she's fantastic. I'm very excited. The city did not have a grants manager before, so that's um, taking it up a level. Now we have a a grants committee that I'm on that is meeting every um, month and um, and just having her available to uh, for me to, to send her things that I find and for, and vice versa and um, not to feel like I have to dig into that myself, which I already don't feel like I do because Michael Dexter, the SSRC is doing a lot of that. So it feels like there's a lot of support for the federal funding right now, which is great because there's a lot of it and it's exciting, but it's a bit overwhelming too. Yes. Yes, it is. But we, I'm so glad that Michael's joined the SSDN network to help us navigate through this and filter through um, the most important elements of the funding journey that we need to be aware of. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. huge. Um, we're, um, as you mentioned, that we're also hiring our first grants coordinator um, the, or manager. They're going to be housed specifically in our department, um, which is a staff of about 150 in, in general services. So um, wow. that probably right out of the gate will be specifically around sustainability opportunities. So, so it's a very exciting time for, for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, um, we did have to submit grant forms last week into the budget process, which is just kind of putting in a placeholder so the city can plan for matching funds and capacity to manage the grants and kind of, you know, see if, if we're applying for too many or we'll need to hire consultants or all of that. So not set in stone, but I, um, I submitted, I think four or five, I think five of them, which um, is just because of the, the curation that Michael has done in our own grants manager. It was uh, the result was that I, I could winnow down or with help winnow down this big list of all these opportunities into four or five that I, I'm somewhat committing to, not totally, but you know, anything could happen, but, but committing to at least um, tracking and, um, you know, trying to find uh, a good application for. Well, yes, um, I think, and that's, what's really interesting is that we, we are now, I think as sustainability professionals, we are now able to staff up per se, but we also want to make sure we're right-sizing and that we do have um, tasks specifically for uh, the staff that we bring on board, which is constantly growing and evolving and adapting, which I think is also unique to our profession as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Um, One of the things that dawned on me these last few months um, was that I could ask for a second FTE and and I probably could have a year ago, but it didn't, I wasn't quite there yet. But at this point, it's the most obvious thing in the world because in four years, 
I have started up so many things and it just, I'm sure you relate to this of, you know, you're, there's, there's so many aspects to our work from tree canopy program to um, energy efficiency program to a pass on plastics waste reduction program to a business. You know, there's so many different things that have, are great ideas and we are initiating and then they need ongoing management. And so for myself to be managing all of those is simply not sustainable. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just needs an, a second person at least. Well, I applaud you for moving forward um, and also for asking the question that I think a lot of our SSDA members were wanting to ask as well regarding uh, staffing structures and plans to grow those structures. Um, well, Rebecca, thank you so much for being with me and excited for you and your evolving position and your continued growth in the staffing as well. That's a fantastic place to be. Thank you, Laurel. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to the SSDN Green Minds podcast, a great conversation with four different cities, starting with Miami-Dade County, Florida, with a staff of 19. That was with Susanna Troner. Then a little bit smaller, Winston-Salem with Helen Poplowski, and then over to Boone, North Carolina, George Santucci, as he as a staff of one. And then over to Rebecca Harvey in Boynton Beach, Florida. She's a staff of one, but hiring a new FTE coming on board soon. And Rebecca Harvey is the one who initiated the idea to do some research on sustainability staff across the SSDN network. And it was very interesting to hear different cities and the different staffing structures, their positions, and how they've grown from a potential staff of one up to a large staff of many and continuing to grow. I think all of us peers in the sustainability profession have never expected to be having to be the HR person and wearing the HR hat and managing staff. So that will be continued to grow in the role of responsibilities that we have. And one of the unique things is I think in sustainability that we all do a great effort in creating a team instead of more of a bureaucratic type system. And therefore, I think that our team of sustainability staff is probably all that more effective and efficient in the work that we do. We'll see more about this topic in weeks and months to come. And thank you again to my special guests and tune in to the next SSDN Green Minds podcast hosted by my co-host, Catherine Mercer Baggett. And thanks for tuning in.